You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. came here 43 years ago, one thing I was afraid of in pastoring as a young man then was to be in the room with someone that was going to pass away. I thought, what do you say? How do you act? And I don't know that I have it down yet. It's always very difficult and it's awkward at times. I've been in the room where they chose to sing hymns very special time. I've been in the room where they've chosen to say something to their family. I can think of one that comes to my mind right now, the last moments, the things they said with me, they are present. I can be mindful of the fact I've been in rooms where nothing was said because they were not coherent. I can recall witnessing a lady was not a member of this church and her husband not a member, in fact, lived right nearby, but they uh, never came. She got saved one time in our, years ago in our church, but she never really grew in the Lord. At first she did, and then something happened. She got sideways and quit, and her husband quit. When her husband was dying, she said, please go to the hospital and see him. And I went to see him. She said, he can't hear. He's in a coma. There's nothing you can do for him, but please go see. She goes, I don't know if he's saved, Pastor. I recall going in that room and just talked to him, and I, I want to say, it's been years ago, I want to say I sang a little bit to him, and I talked to him. I decided I'd go through the plan of salvation, how that we're sinners. All of us are sinners. He's no worse off than I am. We're both sinners. We are born that way. The Bible says, for all have sinned. A pastor's a sinner. A person in the pew is a sinner. Whether you're in the pulpit or the pew, we're all sinners. I'm no worse. I'm no better. We're sinners. And God says, I told this man, there's a judgment for sin. The wages of sin is death. I said, there's a way to get out of this death, away from God, that you can go to heaven and not have to go to hell. He was just laying there, wasn't coherent at all. And I said, you have to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. In a prayer, and I've been very thorough, I'm abbreviated now, very thorough. I don't mean it to be humorous. He, he was going nowhere at that moment, and his wife wasn't there. I was alone. And I witnessed real thoroughly to the man, very thorough. And then I said, I'm going to lead you in I'll call it the sinner's prayer where you ask Jesus to be your Savior. I have you by the hand. And I said, I'm going to ask you to pray. And I said, dear God, I call him by his name. You say the same thing. Dear God, or dear Lord, I I'm a sinner. And he didn't repeat. I'll ask Jesus right now to be my Savior. We went on and on. I said, I know they tell me that you can't hear, you can't you're not responsive. 
But if you just prayed that prayer and asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, would you please squeeze my hand? And that man squeezed my hand. That was his last item that he took care of in life. He squeezed my hand. This is a man before us as we continue. This our sixth message, sixth message on the prayers of the Bible. This man is Samson. I'm going to take you to his last prayer. His last prayer. He, he was born in such an incredible home. His mother, an angel of God, came and spoke to her. Said, you're going to have a child. Here's how you, here, you, you need to, here's how you order the child. Here's how you raise the child. You know, she's a good woman because immediately some man speaking to her, she later determined it was an angel. Some angel was speaking to her and she ran home and told her husband. There's a good message right there, men and women. Someone starts to speak to you and tells you something that could be said, spooky or something like this. For example, somebody says, boy, you look beautiful today. Go home and tell your wife or your husband. Well, you look handsome today. Go home and tell your wife right away. A lady did that to me. She said, wow, do you look handsome today? And I'll tell you what, I don't care if she was 98. I agreed with her right there. Uh, I mean, just whatever it is, but don't keep secrets from one another. She went home and said, Manoah, this man told me, and she told him. You know, the man went, Manoah, the dad, who's going to be the father, he went and saw the angel. And he said, teach us how to order the child. That boy, Samson, was raised in that environment. We always talk about the bad of Samson and Delilah. There's more told about this judge than any other judge. He was an amazing judge. He judged for 20 years, but he messed up right at the end. Now, some people can do well, 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 and unfortunately, remember only the bad moment. People that want to focus on the bad moment of someone else's life generally have a worse moment in their life. And because they're so judgmental of others, they want to cover their own hurt by finding fault with someone else that did wrong. I know a lot of wrong after pastoring the same church for so long. I know a lot of wrong about people. But I tell you, I asked God, and so many times, I think of a, a, a person, an adult now, said, you remember and I said, I don't remember that. Some have such great memories of everybody else's problem. I don't want to remember them all. I know that some things in life you just cannot forget. I know that. But I'm not going to keep in a track, a track of everybody's sin and everybody's problem in life. The man you're seeing has more trouble with this man than anyone else in this church. And they ordered the child. And the child was called of God to be a judge. Everything is great. But he had a, a problem in his life, and it was women. And he went after this woman who was a harlot. And he went after Delilah. And, and she was a plant to try to destroy his life. And 
She began to say, where's your strength? He was a strong, where's your great strength? And he began to tell her every time uh, she, he would go to sleep, she would try to do something to take that strength from him. The Philistines came and he always had strength to conquer them. And then he told her where in his strength lie. And the Bible says in chapter number 16 where we are, she said, verse 20, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and he said, I will go as other times before. You know, so many times we think we have the strength, but we've lost our strength. And sin has caused you to lose your strength. And think, I, I've done this before. I've preached before. I've sung before. I've led before. I've taught a class before. I did a bus rap before. I was this. And he said, she said, I, I'll go. he'll say, I'll go as other times before. And shake myself. Watch it. And he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with fetters and brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit his hair of his head began to grow again after his shaving. And the lords of the Philistines gathered themselves together to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God, and to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God hath delivered us into the hand of the enemy and destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass. When their hearts were married, they were drunk, that they called, they said, call for Samson, that he may make a sport. We're going to laugh at him. Mighty, strong man of God, the judge of Israel, we're going to make sport. We're going to laugh at him. Don't ever laugh at another sin. How can we have glee when we hear someone else did wrong? Call for Samson, they make, make a sport. And they called, and he made them sport. And they said, he sat between the pillars. Samson said to the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me, that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth. I lean upon them. The house is full of men and women. For all the lords, the big shots of the Philistines were there. And there were on the roof about 3,000 men and women that made banquet, that, that, that beheld while Samson made sport. Samson, here's his last prayer. His last prayer. He called unto the Lord and said, Oh Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O oh God, that I might be avenged to the Philistines for my two eyes. William Carey died in 1873. They gathered together around the great, great missionary, modern missionary, great man of God, and his last words were, say nothing, say nothing about William Carey when I'm gone. Speak only of William Carey's Savior. John Bunyan, that great preacher in England, the magistrate said, you must have a license to preach the Bible. 
And John Bunyan was taken from that huge, large church and placed in prison. His wife would come see him. And they said, would you please get your husband to just sign that he will only preach what the magistrate and the queen says. He will not go beyond. The thousands are coming to his church. And they come to John. They said, John, your church is dwindling. Week by week as you languish here in jail, your church is going down and down and they're not coming. John, just sign and you can get out of here. His wife and said, go and tell him, just sign it. And she had her little apron and she said, I'd rather have the head of my John, her husband, John Bunyan, I'd rather have the head of my husband in my apron and instead of having him deny his Lord. He must stay true to God. John Bunyan's last prayer was this. His last words, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves. I go to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew Henry, I have a book, it's about this thick. It's a secondhand book. My mother and dad gave it to me in 1970. They found it at a secondhand door store. I use it every week. Matthew Henry's commentary. They got it for $5. He died in 1752. And his last words were these, a life spent in service to God and communion with him is the most comfortable life anyone could lead in this present world. John Wesley said these words, his last words, the best of all, God is with us. Farewell. These men of God knew God. There's a man who was a slave owner. The man would guide the ships as a shipmaster. He was a heathen, a wicked man, a blasphemer of God. And one day, mutiny on board, they took and put him in the cage on deck. And for weeks and for weeks, he languished on that cage on the deck of that ship. They took the ship over. And there he was. He had heard of salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know the story how that John Newton got saved. He died in 1807. John Newton wrote, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Here's what John Newton said. Last words. The Lord has a sovereign right to do what he pleases with his own. I pastor America's greatest church. I truly believe that. But I have never in all my years of ministry ever seen, I've never seen so many people wanting to quit on God. Quit, just quit, just quit. It's almost a daily issue. I'm thinking, what are you thinking? What are you, you're at a point in your life where you have the opportunity to live for God and to get faithful to the end of the journey and you're quitting on God? I don't want to teach my class anymore. I don't want to care with those babies anymore. I don't want to work that bus anymore. I don't want to sing in the choir. I don't want to live here anymore. I want to go do something. I want to rest. I want to go fishing. I want to, what's wrong with us? 
I'm so tired of all my problems. John Newton said he has a sovereign right over my life. Catherine Booth, of course, you know General Booth, the founder of Salvation Army in yesteryear. She said these last words as she was dying, the waters are rising, but so am I. I'm not going under, but I'm going over. Don't be concerned with my dying. You go on living well. All dying will be okay. It'll be all right. Samson had one more request. His request was not, God, bring back my eyesight. Some things are too late. We've scarred our lives and there's consequences and sometimes it's too late to fix some things. They won't go back, in other words, the way they were. And so Samson could have prayed, oh God, give me eyesight back. But he did not. God, give me my judgeship back. As this little lad leads me, God, you could have someone guide me to the throne again. Give me my judgeship back. He didn't want his judgeship back. He said, oh, dear God, he said, give my job back to me. Give me this. Prosper me again like I had prosperity in the past. But his prayer, I have one more prayer. You know, before I read the prayer for us, maybe this is our last day. Give me one more day, God, for you. Give me one more hour. Give me one more week. May, may, may God, please, what would your last prayer be? What would my last prayer be? Would it be, and it probably would be, if you're like me, I, I think I would want to say something like, Lord, please, in this last hour of my life, may I be thoroughly right with you. My sweet wife, I would not want I would not want to be on a deathbed and coherent with my wife and my children, my grandchildren there and have awe in my heart toward any one of them for, and I have no reason to, but I would want to, I'd want to get it right. I'd want to say to our daughter Tiffany or our son Tim or our daughter Tabitha and their mates and their children, I'd want to say, please, please, I want to get it right if there was something wrong. If I had one last prayer to give, if I had one, one last prayer, I'd say, God, let me be thoroughly right with you. Let me be thoroughly right with my family. If I had one last prayer, if I could sing, and I'm not a singer, I could say, Saint God, please let me sing one more song for you. If I could preach one more message, I believe this is true. I've tried to always in these 43 years think this may be my last message. I'm not saying it's a good one. I'm just saying this may be the last time you hear from Jack Trevor. There could this afternoon be a heart attack. There could be a car accident. There could be a stroke. I don't know when and how God's gonna take me, but there will be a last message someday. I'd like to say, God, give me strength for one more message. Wouldn't it be great if we said, God, my last prayers, let me help rescue one more soul, winning someone in Jesus Christ. Maybe it'd say, Lord, I'm behind in my tithes and offerings. I want to get it right. 
Maybe your bottle, your, your battle's the bottle. And you say, I'm a drunk, I'm an alcoholic man or woman or young person already. And God, give me victory. This, just give me another day. Give me another week. God, would you help me conquer this bottle, this drug, this addiction? God, I don't think she'll take me back. I don't think he'll take me back. But I'm living in sin with someone who's not my wife, someone who's not my husband. My last prayer is, God, at least when I knock on the door and my wife answers the door, my husband answers the door, may at least be that though they won't let me in, they'll say, I'll say, I, I just come to say, would you please find it in your power to forgive me? My last prayer, God, is this stinking pride of mine. My last prayer is this sin that so easily besets me. Here's his last prayer. He said, oh, Lord God, remember me. I pray thee, this, strengthen me. I pray thee this once, one more time, one more time. God, the Philistines are avenged. Yes, they have avenged. They, they put my eyes out, but they're hurting the people of God. Oh, dear God, would you please intervene? A man by the name of Isaac Watts in 1748 died. 270 years ago, he died. But his song is in our hymn book. He wrote, When I survey the wondrous cross, on which the Prince of Glory died. My richest gain I count but lost and poor contempt on all my pride. Isaac Watts was known as a godly man, a God-fearing man, and as far as they knew, he was very healthy, very strong. And he prayed, this was his last prayer. His last prayer, it is of great mercy that I find no man or fear or dread of death. I could, here's his prayer, I could, if it be God to please God, lay my head back this afternoon and die with no terror in my heart. That day, that afternoon, though not sick, he laid his head back, and moments later, he was in the presence of God. Most people, I believe, if we look at the seven billion people on planet Earth, most people die away from the Lord. Someone did a study, and I don't know how you figure this out, but they said, including all that claimed to be Christian, there's only 2% of the population that say they're saved. That includes Catholicism. Only 2%, they say, that really truly say they are saved. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that would mean that most people die away from God. How about your neighborhood? How many got up and you saw them get up and go to God's house this morning? How about at work tomorrow? How many of your people are going to say at work, now, what did your preacher preach yesterday? I doubt if they will. Their conversation, did you get loaded? Did you get stoned? What did you do this weekend? I believe that most people die away from, from God. I believe most people, most people die angry at God. And I know that judging from relatives and people, most people die not right with their relatives. 
I dread funerals nowadays. Last 20 years, it's, it's terrible. Families always fighting, always fighting, always upset. Can't get along with one another about a funeral. Because most families are dysfunctional. And most families have ought against a brother or a sister in a family. Most die as non-tithers. Most die as non-Bible readers. Most die as non-soul winners. Most die as not having their house set in order. I believe if you know anything on history, and you do, there are three presidents all died on July 4th. And two of them died on the same day on July 4th. And they were dearest of friends. Our second president was John Adams. Our third president was Thomas Jefferson. John Adams did not know that Thomas Jefferson, his, Thomas Jefferson, his dearest friend, he loved him so much. He admired him so much. He did not know the third president was dying. Though they died one hour apart on the same day, the same year. Adams, who loved Jefferson so much, said this, thinking his dear friend was living. And his last words were, Thomas Jefferson survives. He's still living. Jefferson said the hour later, I resign my soul to God. John Adams, I mentioned our second president, had a son, John Quincy Adams, who was our sixth president. And John Quincy Adams, and as his dad, they were both Puritans. Theologically, they were called Puritans. In his last two hours, he had lost consciousness. Toward the end, he woke up, and his last words were these. He said in the last words of his life, this is the end. He was a God-fearing man. He had one more prayer in him, Samson. It was a prayer not for himself, but a prayer for victory. And he said, here's the prayer as he prayed, and we read it, and in verse 29, Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon the house stood, on which it was borne up, and the other on the right, and on the left, the other on the left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than that which he slew in his life. He said, God, you can take me, but let me accomplish more than I've ever accomplished in my life. I close. A little girl, her name was Mary. Her dad had died. Her mother was uncontrollable for quite some time. That little girl Mary came and said, Mother, Mother, please don't weep. Please don't weep so much. For God is still a good God. 
to you. Months later, little Mary, a little girl, lay dying, her daughter, the same little girl that said to mother, God, been good, God. Now Mary's dying as a little girl, and she blurted out on her deathbed, I am none of his. I am none of his. I am none of his. And mother said, Honey, don't be so troubled. What are you saying? What are you saying? She says, Oh, mother, Satan's been troubling me. But she said, All is well, her last words, for I know I am not his. I'm not his, but I'm his. In other words, Satan doesn't have me. God has me. That mother carried that through life. Does God have you? If you were uttering your last prayer, what would it be? Lord, I want to just leave a lot of money to my kids. What kind of prayer is that? Samson said, I don't need money. I don't need position. I don't need power. My prayer is that I die with these Philistines for I failed my people. I'm going to bring down the house if you give me strength one more time. And he pulled those pillars. And the lords of the Philistines, the Bible said, and all the leaders and all those people died. God gave them one more prayer. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.